All right, welcome, welcome. This is the Patriot Trading News Hour. I am your solo host. Uh, I have a guest host, Brian, uh, from here from the Colorado office. Uh, Joe, Joe's trying to get better, trying to get better, but uh, uh, I called him uh, late yesterday. He just got worse. So uh, I keep him in your thoughts. I, I don't think it's serious, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is in the age of coronavirus. Uh, I got a show planned for you that I think you guys are going to like. Uh, it's something that my Brian and I did. Uh, on Faking the Truth here in Colorado. If you ever want to listen to that show or any of the other great shows here at uh, KHNC, you go to 1360khnc.com if you're not in Colorado. Uh, click the play button and you'll be able to stream us in. And uh, so some of you guys may have heard some of this stuff. It's a speech uh, that was put on impromptu by Alan of Salisbury. It was the, they call the Birkbeck Lecture. Uh, it was it was impromptu. The, the guy that was supposed to do the lecture there uh, was unable to make it and they asked Alan to stand up and do the lecture and the reason I want to do this one today is because we have uh, uh, we have the Russian situation over there in the Ukraine and everybody says this and that and Putin's evil or the Ukrainians this or the, you know, the West against the East and uh, and you hear me say a lot that the whole thing's rigged the whole thing's fixed uh, the system in place wants Putin to do what he's doing it's not Putin making these decisions and, and a lot of people doubt this you know oh, Putin he's, he's he makes all the decisions I I just don't agree with that. I just don't. And and uh, when you hear Alan talk about how the world is rigged, and he's gonna he's, he's coming from a, an, a European and English standpoint, you'll hear his accent. Uh, all of these, all everything he's talking about is in every country of the world that is industrialized and has a central bank, and that includes Russia, that includes China. Uh, you listen to what he has to say, and I think uh, I won't be able to do the whole speech with the commercial breaks. It's about forty nine minutes, so I'm only gonna have about forty minutes of speech. But Brian, I'm gonna get you a, a quick. Come in with a quick quote, if you would. You've heard this before, and I, I just think the Arizona audience hasn't heard this, so it would be a good day to do it. I agree, Jason. Good morning, Arizona, Colorado audience, and worldwide. Uh, I think this is great. Uh, I agree, Jason. Uh, Putin is not the master. He has masters. I mean, the masters may be different types, whether it's the oligarchs, the, the different moneyed interests, the, the, the Russian mob, whatever it is, but uh, in my opinion, I agree. He also has masters. He is not the master. As far as the markets, really quick, I'll touch on it. Uh, yes, gold is down. If you're looking at it, gold's down thirty-seven dollars. Uh, it's just below nineteen hundred for a while. I, I, I believe today it'll end just at or above nineteen hundred dollars. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this: with the dramatic turnaround in the markets late yesterday, uh, when you start uh, leveling sanctions upon a, an economy, and, and Russia's economy isn't huge, but it's big, uh, a, a lot of people start repositioning themselves. So you're going to see some repositioning. And then I think we'll go back to the market slowly going down and gold slowly going up. But, I mean, if you have a whole bunch of money in Russian energy companies, for, for example, you're probably going to sell a lot of that off with uncertainty. And, then, and a lot of these guys are just – they're not you guys, the gold and silver customers. Like, well, what am I going to do with all this? I'll just, I'll just throw it in the stock market, you know. You know and, and, and so, and so there, there's sell-offs in Bitcoin and sell-offs in gold. And uh, there'll be a little bit of back and forth. So if you want to get some cheap gold, find out uh, our office in Arizona, we're uh, – we're we're at we're at half power. So so if you call over there eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, I believe Arlene will be taking calls and she'll take care of you. But uh, I got about a couple of minutes left in this segment, Brian. I'm going to jump right into it, and what we'll uh, in, in the second segment, I'm going to keep on going. And Brian and I have some comments uh, as we get further into the show. But let's let's uh, hear a little bit of Alan from Salisbury. Here we go. Enjoy. I kind of set up on this subject called law. I found it very interesting. One of the first guys I met was a guy called John Harris. Some of you may know him. He's uh, passed away 
last year and we became friends. It was only through knowing him and doing a lot of research that I realised just how much hold law has over us and our lives and the way we think and the assumptions we, we make. There's a whole different language. It's known as legalese. It sounds like English, but it isn't. It's got very specific, well-defined meanings, which is why it takes so long to get a legal qualification. And I guess i better start at the beginning. On one side you've got law, and on the other side you've got legal. And they're two entirely different things. Never the twain shall meet, really. To make it quite simple, all acts, statutes, instruments, and what is legal is not law. It's only given the force of law if you consent. Okay? So that just goes on to one side. Legislation are the rules of a corporation, whereas law is kind of natural. It's something you're born with. It's like, as a child, you, most of us know the difference between right and wrong. It's one of those reasons why I guess they don't want to teach law in school because children already know the difference between right and wrong. I mean, if you were going to be taught what law was, then you'd know the difference between right and wrong and you'd be able to see through the kind of society we're living in now. So there are good reasons why they don't want to teach you law from a very young age. Believe it or not, we used to have a culture that did teach law at a very young age. Um, but that was you know, quite a few thousand years ago now and you've got to do quite a serious bit of digging to find that. So law is what we have, the last vestiges of that, uh, what's known as common law. And, and if you ask a lawyer what law is, he'll probably say, well, law is law. But law is basically rules, maxims, bars that have remained uncontested over time. All right, that's the important bit, they've been uncontested over time. So what we have now, let's go through some, some of these words and I'll translate them into English and then you can see how profound their meaning really is. If we take the first one, the first word is registration. We, we're told to registrate so many times. We buy a piece of software, it's not going to work until we register it. Uh, registration, so remember that when we get back in the break he's going to start going into language and how we're ruled by really weird things that we never understood. So uh, stand by, we'll have uh, Alan with Salisbury when we get back. All right, welcome back. Patriot Trading News Hour. We're going to go right back to the speech. Alan of Salisbury, the occult art of law. He's going to go over, uh, you know, you're going to feel like you don't know the English language after you hear some of the stuff he has to say because uh, you look at these words every day and, and uh, we're just, we just don't understand the way the real world actually works. We just follow orders. But uh, here we go. Let's watch a little bit. Listen to more a little bit of this. Our cars registered, our children are registered, um, all kinds of things were registered. This word, we're letting somebody know that we exist or something when we register, we register to vote. What does it mean in legal terms? It's very specific meaning. When you register something, you are giving away whatever you are registering to whoever you're registering it with. Let that sink in because it's really profound. Register means you are giving away whatever you are registering to whoever you're registering it with. 
So you buy a piece of software, it doesn't work until you register it. So you register it, which means you're giving it away. And they're saying, okay, well you can have it back with a magic secret code, but only under our terms and conditions of use. What we'll do is we'll grant you a license. And if you're in breach of that license, then there's consequences for that. Sounds bizarre, isn't it? You buy something, you think, well, that's mine. I'll buy that, it's mine, it's fine. Uh, no, in order to, to read it, you've got to give it back. But I've already paid for it. And when you read it, there are terms and conditions in, applied to how you read it and maybe what information you divulge from what you've read. So you can see it's a way of tying you up. But let's go on a bit further. Let's look at this word application. It's one of those things we do a lot to get a job. Application. 17th century translation to that. As it is today, application means you are a beggar. And it's presumed you know what you're giving up in order to get what you're begging for. Submit. It's not like, oh, I'll submit this to you. Submit means you bend to another's will. So if you submit an application to register, what you've done in terms of legal is you've given up all your rights voluntarily. Because remember, there's laws against slavery, but there isn't any law against voluntary slavery. We've been deceived, and it is a deception, it's an immaculate deception, really, when you start getting to the bottom of it. But let's go to the next bottom line here. What else do you register? Well, you register your birth, don't you? Your birth is registered, and you get a certificate. And if you look at that certificate, and it's an incredible document, really, when you start reading it with legal eyes, you just think, oh, it's got the mother's name, and it hasn't got the mother's name, it says informant. And on the back of it, remember it's got the Crown Corporation logo on it. By the way, the Crown is a corporation, it's not the Queen. On the back of it, it says, this is not proof of identity. Well, you think how many documents are derived from that birth certificate? Your driving license, your passport, your NHS thing, all of it comes from it. So, if it's not proof of identification, what does it mean legally? So you're kind of left with this conundrum. Well, 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 well I've, I've registered my birth. I've got this bond back. Bond. Bond is an abbreviated word. Where do you think the word bond comes from? It's really obvious. It comes from bondage. You've been registered. When you register something, you give something away. You've been given into bondage to the Crown Corporation. This is legally what it means. If you're given into bondage to the Crown Corporation, and we can prove it because there's a certificate that says that's the case. What does that mean? What's the bottom line here? Well, I'll go back to a little bit of history now. I haven't got anything behind me. But those of you who used to play Monopoly probably can remember that. A pound sign used to kind of be like this, and it had two lines through it. Remember that? And the dollar sign had kind of like this S, and it had two lines through it. So it had two lines through it. Now... The pound used to be called sterling. It was called sterling for a reason. And it was based on silver. And of course, in America, the dollar had the same two lines throughout, and it was all the silver dollar. That was what it was. But in 1929, the banks owned everything. They owned absolutely everything because of a thing called the Wall Street Crash, which they brought about into existence. 
And then they also change things. They change the pound sign so it had one line through it and the dollar sign so it had one line. So they removed one line. Well, if the banks owned everything, the money in circulation then has a different value. There's something else backing it. If silver isn't backing it anymore, what is backing it? And around about the same time in 1933, a guy called Colonel House, who worked for the Rothschilds banking cartel, among other people, came up with this idea of registration. And he's quoted as saying, not one in a million people will work this out. Because they had to, or if the banks own everything, then the country's bankrupt, they have to find a way of carrying on business and commerce, don't they? So they need something else that, that's backing that currency. The way that it works, and I'll give you a process, because I'm a, a shrink as well, but like I, I'll give you a process. We deal with things in terms of process, because you can get lost in content, which is the detail of things. So if I was, say, for example, uh, a dairy farmer, I'm a dairy farmer, and the bank says, sorry, Alan, you know, we've got all the money we can, we're going to foreclose on you, you're bankrupt. But good news is we'll keep you on as a manager, seeing as you know a bit about what you're doing. So we now own your farm, and you now work for us. But what we'll do is for every calf that's born, we'll extend you credit based on the milk and cheese and meat that it's going to produce in its lifetime. You register that calf with us, and we'll extend you credit based on the milk and cheese and meat it's going to produce in its lifetime. Well, you are the cattle. You are those coarse, because when your births were registered, money, it's called a fiat currency, is put into circulation, and it's based on the wealth that you can create in your lifetime. Your labour. That's basically what it is. I tend to look at that term as your sweat equity. So that's what backs currency. It promises, it's a promissory note. A promissory note is a negotiable instrument. Banks deal in negotiable instruments. It gets worse. Believe you me, it gets worse. And I'm probably going a little bit too far, but I guess the point of this talk is to hopefully stimulate you guys to do your own research. So if I can throw enough stuff at you and go, what that guy said can't be true, it can't possibly be true, I'd say I'll welcome you. Do your own research and find this out for yourself because the more people that know this, how we're caught in this situation, the more people that have the knowledge about it, the easier it will be for us to get out of this trap. It does get worse. It gets much worse, actually, when you look at it. For example, there's a thing with, that goes along with the birth certificate. A bond is created, obviously, a contract, and that's worth money. The original title of this talk was going to be The Occult Significance of Law, because most people don't think uh, there is anything occult about law at all. And those that would do any research would go, oh, that's absolute rubbish, Alan, that can't possibly, that I'll totally reject that. And by rejecting it, lose the opportunity to begin to comprehend what's really going on. Because there is a very strong occult aspect to law. And the reason they dress the way they do, and the terminology and the language that they use as well. In fact, it's very much an occult art. 
it is in fact the occult art of law. To be a member of the Bar Association goes back to Venice, the Venetians, which isn't a million miles away phonetically from the Phoenicians, who were kind of a race of pirates around the Mediterranean as well. And we have our laws are broken down into different forms of laws, and one of them is called the law of the sea, and one of them in the British Empire was known as Admiralty Law as well, so it's very much the law of the sea. The law of business, the law of commerce, the law of money, the law of trading. Trading in slaves, trading in bales and bonds and surety. In fact, the word courtio, which is where we derive the word court from in Roman times, means to deal in bonds and surety. If you wanted justice, you'd go to the Basilica. That's where you would get justice. Not a court. Court just deals in bales and bonds. The bench is a place, if I'm a king and I own a market pace, I've got my... My guys who are on my firm there, they've got a bench and they settle the disputes in the marketplace, in the bonds and the sureties, what goes on there. If someone's sold something, it's been underweight, then my guys come in and they decide what to do. And if you want to trade in that marketplace, you sign a contract. You have to be allowed, you get a license to trade. Remember I say you register... You know, something's given to you, it's taken back to you. There are now terms and conditions. If you want to trade, you have to register your business. You have to give it all away, and it all comes under one heading, one big pyramid under the top of it, the Crown Corporation. They own it all, all the businesses, the whole thing. They own it all, it's registered to them. They decide what goes on. They own the money that you have. You think, this is my money in my pocket. It isn't, it's a promissory note. And your tax, some of the tax you pay, is the rent for using that. It's theirs. They own it all. It makes sense when it's explained like this. You know, people say, oh, I'm going to pay a tax, I'm going to keep this. And they, well, you're, it's rent for the, their money. They own you. And the occult aspect of it is that they own your mind, your body, and believe it or not, they believe these guys are completely off their dials. Your soul. This is why they have all the gold, because gold is an immortal metal. This is why they like the precious, they like all that, that gold. That's why they hold it all. And that's why they circulate money. They now own everything. They have you in bondage. It's a slave-based society. And it's a voluntary slave-based society. You've volunteered. You've entered into a contract. So when you go, for example, it even gets worse. You're part of a, believe it or not, a death cult. The three forms of law, the first is the Uniform Commercial Code. The second is Canon Law, the Holy See. And the highest form of law, believe it or not, in this country is Talmudic Law. Babylonian Talmudic Law. Okay, so the first form of law deals in bonds and surety and you as a slave. And as you're owned, they can do exactly what they like to you, and that's exactly what they do. They extend the credit based on the milk and cheese. Alright, so you register to vote. I'm just outlining stuff here to hopefully stimulate your own research. You register to vote means you're giving away whatever you're registering to whoever you're registering it with. So what's the process here? Let's just look at the difference. What happens when you vote? You go in there, 
and they give you a bunch of guys you can vote for and they say to you, you've got to put an X on the box, don't they? And you follow that and you put an X on the box. Only incompetence or illiterate people sign with an X. And what you do when you register to vote, you say, I'm giving up my responsibility. I'm illiterate and I agree, I'm a mental health outpatient and I'll prove this by marking an X on this. And what I do, I will give whoever I put that X against power of attorney. You're giving them power of attorney over your life. In other words, if you were some old guy in a mental hospital who's lost his marbles and the, the lawyer says he can't manage his affairs anymore, we've got to give someone power of attorney to manage all his finances. We'll have a little bit more. We'll have some comment on the other side of this and, uh, and play more of this on the other side of the break. The Occult Art of Law, Alan of Salisbury's speech. Uh, very important information. We'll be right back. We were playing this bit, the, uh, the speech, uh, the occult art of law. Brian, uh, isn't it interesting that when you start to dig into what the actual words in the English language mean and when they're using it and uh, uh, when it comes to registration and submitting and application, right, Brian? Oh, definitely. Law as in natural law versus what's legislated as in what's passed, which is not necessarily law, but uh, it has the color of law. And I just want to... Uh, uh, Tell listeners, again, this is the Occult Art of Law. Uh, it's on Rumble, rumble.com. And if uh, if you search for that, the Occult Art of Law, uh, the Red Pill News uh, channel is the one that I I see it on. Yeah, he put it on there uh, November 13th of last year. So, uh, and of course, then I got my, uh, got our, our huge intelligent listenership at 1360. They're always sending me good stuff. This one was sent to, uh, to me by Jim, and uh, Jim's a, a, a huge follower of the station. But... You know, I, I, I sift through all your guys' stuff and, and I try to put the good stuff on it because this, this speaks very clearly. I like when someone intelligently and clearly speaks to this stuff because I'm not quite, I'm, I'm more of a, more of a caveman when it comes to, to speaking. I just kind of pound my fist on things and grunt. A guy like this is very well, you know, spoken. Uh, he, he's telling you, to, you know, hey, I say it's just rigged. It's rigged. The whole thing is rigged. Well, this guy is, is telling you, Brian, step by step why it's rigged, how it is that we volunteer into it. Definitely very, very precisely engineered with this wording so, so that these uh, deceivers uh, can, I guess, uh, not have the universe uh, double back on and slap them in the face because they say, well, I've, you know, we're, we're, we're being upfront uh, with what we're doing, but uh, the, the deception lies in, uh, in these strategies like this. On the Half Empty Cup of Joe next hour, uh, anybody in Arizona listening to this, we're going to be able to get the whole speech done. Now, Glenn Tate uh, has uh, some personal business to take care of, so... Uh, you know, we won't be able to get all this content on the first hour, so if you guys want to switch over after this hour to 1360khnc.com, we'll put the rest of it on there. We'll open the phone lines for comment on the next hour. But right now, let's let's get a little bit more of the speech on uh, for the next few segments. To do everything for him, and they get him to sign, and now you give him power of attorney. That person manages your life. So not only do they own you, mind, body, and soul. You've now voluntarily registered and giving them power of attorney over your life. So you basically say to them, I'm a mental health outpatient, which is why you vote in a ward, because it's a giant mental asylum. You're in a ward. If you prove to them that you're in the literature, you put the X on there, and you registered to vote, you've given away your rights, and now you've given them power of attorney. In other words, you say to them, I've let you decide what you think is best for me. If we were on a war, that's fine. I've got no say in it. 
And what they will do is like, shall we say, the deranged young son who's managing, has got power of attorney over his great-grandmother, <clears throat> spending all the money on drugs and resources like that. He'll tell her what she wants to hear. Ooh, what do these politicians do? They'll tell you what you want to hear. That's the way they're playing the game. Above a mental health outpatient, which you've proved yourself to be in their game, is the House of Commons. They're commoners. So you're less than a commoner. People come to me and they say, oh, about the Magna Carta, Alan, that gave us all the rights and all the other stuff. The Magna Carta deals with baron. Baron, French for free man. You're not free. You're a bonded slave. Magna Carta is only pertinent and has any meaning to somebody who's not a bonded slave. So you'd have to be in the House of Lords today to be able to have any power or sway with the Magna Carta as a baron, as a free man. And the House of Commons, people like David, they're less than that, and you're right down there. You've got no rights at all. You voluntarily gave them up. You're a mental health outpatient that's given away power of attorney on a regular basis to a different bunch of guys who tell you what you want to hear, and they lie to you over and over again. How much more proof can you give them that you've lost the plot? This is the way they look at it. This is the way they trick you. This is the way they deceive you. This is the way, because the way the universe works is they don't want the blame of it. They say, it's not us. Look, I'll prove it to you. Look, they signed here. This is your signature. Signature, that's another one. Signature means sign of nature. You proved yourself to be a living being and you've made a mark on a piece of paper called a signature that proves you've got a sign of nature because they've created a thing called a person. Person means legal fiction. Legal fiction means you become liable. All your bills are written to you in capital letters. Everything to do with money, bank, rent, commerce, everything is you in capital letters, addressed to you in capital letters. This is where you get the term capitalism from. Because your life has been monetized and capitalized as a bonded slave. You are what backed that currency and you've given them power of attorney. You've given them power. You can moan, you can whinge all you like, but they'll, they'll just say no to the universe in their, their magical system. Sorry, but it's not on us. You signed, you gave us your signature, isn't it? You voted for that, you registered it. It's on you. You're responsible. It's on you. You made that decision. Not on us. We don't inherit the karma. Because the whole system works on an occult way on curses. It's an old curse system that goes back 5,000 years. It's dark magic. It's based on curses. It's based on sacrificing. It's based on blood sacrifice and all that stuff. Cursing. That's what it is. What do you think that money is? It's a curse based on your life that's been taken from you. You've been hoodwinked out of it. I mean, hoodwinked. That's a 33 and a third degree mason maybe will tell you. But you've been hoodwinked. And they're lifting the veil. And they're saying, what I'm telling you is part of that, that process. How do you think these guys get away with stuff? If I say to you, what's your name? And you give me your name. You've basically said in legalese, oh, I'll contract with you and I'm a bonded slave. I don't have any rights. I gave them up. But if you want to think on your feet, and I'm a police officer, and I say, what's your name? And you say, what makes you think I have such a thing? Ask the question, because if you're asking, you're as king. 
you've got some status then because they all work they act and they behave in a manner it's called implied right of consent they are going to behave in a manner that suggests to them that you've all consented and unless you rebut that consent unless you stop that unless you say hold on a minute I'm not consenting I do not consent to this I am not a name I'm standing under common law if you want a contract I'll be happy to contract with you my fee is £900 an hour do we have a contract yes or no what's he going to do I know a guy you can find it on the YouTube thing drunken driving he's driving his car drunk the police pull him over they say what's your name he says I'll be happy to accept your we'll continue with this story about the drunken driver when we get back uh, this is the Patriot Trading News Hour. We got the occult art of law playing, and uh, we'll be just listen to a couple of uh, commercials to pay the bills. All right, welcome back. I am your uh, your solo host, and I got co-host uh, guest host Brian with me. Uh, Joe is uh, out out sick today, and uh, we're playing a little content that Brian and I have played on the uh, Fake and the Truth show uh, about a couple of months ago. The occult art of law, and, and Brian, it's a uh, Pretty interesting. We, we run into a couple of those sovereign citizens. A sovereign citizen is somebody who has uh, repelled and gotten rid of all of this documentation. And it's, it's an interesting paradox because if you don't have a lot of wealth, let's just say gold, uh, a, banking, a banker that will actually let you use their bank without all this documentation, you don't even exist in society. These, these sovereign citizens are living a dreadful life where they, you know, everything is done with cash. You know, what are they, what's going to happen to these sovereign citizens when there's no cash, Brian? I mean, it's going to be really bad for them, but they want, it, they, want, they want to operate as a free man, a baron, as they, the guy said earlier, Alan said. And, uh, man, what, uh, it sucks. That shows you how controlled we are, Brian, that this, this slave system that we're in is this entrenched, that if you get out of it, you're the man that's, that's out in the cold, right? Oh, and controlled in so many ways that I'm still, I've seen some of it before and I've forgotten it. It's it's great to have this reminder. And I I need to work on a, a cliff notes for this. I mean, the, the idea of uh, do we have a contract or not in order for us to engage in this exchange, you know, an example of the police officer, uh, and my rate is $750 an hour. Do we have a contract or not? I mean, what <laughs> what a clever lay. And then, and then uh, capitalism, <clears throat> the whole concept of capitalism, you know, that's been turned upside down on its head. You know, not to mention that cronyism is, is really what it is. It's not capitalism. It gets called capitalism, but I'm not sure capitalism is is uh, without its faults as well. Well, free men can do business and, and transact uh, and, and can have yeah. conversations free of, of, of a system. You don't have to have a system to, to do business, but the system right. has its fingers in all business. So, and it gets you, and it gets, and it gets you to voluntarily submit to it, oftentimes unknowingly, covertly. That's, that is correct. Let's play some more minutes of this. As we get uh, closer to the, uh, we'll do this segment and the last segment of the Patriot Trade News Hour. We are going to push this into the half-empty cup of Joe. So once we get to that part, we're going to finish off the speech and then take calls uh, on the half-empty cup of Joe, the one-hour abbreviated version. So go to 1360khc.com and stream this in uh, as, as soon as you can or uh, as soon as this hour is up if you're in Arizona or anywhere else in the country that you're streaming. So here we go. Your offer of service, my fee is £900 an hour. Well, right, we'll arrest you then. Because that's what they normally do. They'll kidnap you until you give them your name. If you get caught on a train and you haven't got a ticket, they'll kidnap you until you give them the name. Because they want what's a thing called joinder, which is your name and address and your birthday. Because they want your bond. 
They want the details of your bond. They want that for a very good reason, and I'll get back to that in a minute. So he goes, he gets arrested, he goes in there, and eventually they, the sergeant's there, and oh, we've got this guy, he won't give us our name, I'll put him in the cell, then he's drunk, da-da-da-da-da. They let him go the next day. Yeah, the point is, is that they let him go. The reason, here's another one, it's really mind-blowing the way the whole stitch-up goes, is that bond that was created at your birth, there's a thing, fancy French word, it says sesterkv, which means for the benefit of another. It was something that was created after the great fire of London, when they were trying to find out all the dead people, all those people that were missing and all the other stuff. And, but on one side, but on the other side, they were trying to raise a new form of currency, of credit, because remember these guys, these Templars have done it before, how do you think they financed those big, nice Gothic cathedrals and all the rest of that with their money lending international banking scams and all that but that's another history but in 1666 after the fire of London they created a Sester KV Trust the way they work it in terms of the, the occult side they say okay you're born you're created by the divine and therefore you inherit the earth and you inherit in abundance. If you can go on the internet, you can check it out. If we lived in the, the whole planet, 7 billion people lived in the same population density as Paris, we'd take up less than half the size of Texas. All the rest of that space on the planet would be left there. That, that would be us. It would probably be crowded and horrible and all the rest of it, but that's about it. So you inherit, if you want to work it out, I, I took the time and trouble to do it actually. If you look to it, you can do it online work out all the nice arable usable land not the desert this guy was trying to, uh, to claim but that's there now divided by seven billion people each one individual gets four areas the size of Twickenham rugby field alright and that's good that's, that's your birthright exactly that's four Twickenham sized bits of dirt that's your birthright but of course your mother registered you so they take that asset, don't they, off here? That's your birthright, it's taken from you straight away. But what they do is they monetize it because they monetize you and that asset. And that asset is supposedly, from some researchers, I can't confirm it, but I know one, there's one lady that came here, she actually managed to find it, around about two million pounds. So you've got an account that you don't know anything about that's worth about two million pounds in today's money. And what happens is this. When your uh, electricity bill comes through, this is like this little check thing at the bottom, isn't there? It looks like an old-fashioned check, and it's got like three banks on it. Santander, National Westminster, or something like that. And it, and it says take it to a post office, fill it out, and stamp it, and all the other stuff. Okay, here, here's a little secret for those who aren't headwinked. Every debt that you incur with a corporation is zeroed, or settled because remember it's not real money, it's, it's credit, in 90 days. So any registered company that have got joinder, your name and address and your birthday, can apply to the Crown and settle that debt. And what they do, and this is what's financing the corporate takeover of the planet, is they get their bills paid for twice. They get it paid by the corporation, because corporations can print their own promissory notes, or bills of exchange and negotiable instruments. But what they do is they get it from the second way of funding, which is the money they put into circulation, which is your... 
uh, one, one text says on the screen, uh, all masters are in, uh, responsible for their slaves. And so when you have little things like Ukraine and Russia, it makes you kind of wonder what, what's really going on in those countries when there's uh, border wars. Anyways, we'll be right back uh, with the last segment of the Patriot Trading News Hour. Final segment here on the Patriot Trading News Hour. I am Jason, flying solo. Uh, Joe's uh, out sick today. Uh, Brian's with me here. Um, just want to remind you guys, we do have uh, some of all of the coins, even the 2021 Fake News Friday Pure Blood coin. I still have some of those available. I, I sent a few extras of those over to the Arizona office. Uh, well, as, you know, as long as I, I put these aside because I wanted to make sure people had the ability to get all three coins because we knew we were going to do one coin late in the year and two coins early this year. We're not going to be putting out ton, dozens of coins every year, so don't worry. You know, we're not going to. We're not milking you for everything you got. We're just we're just doing a little fundraising for the the radio station here, thirteen sixty KHNC, and and these collector coins are worth more than what we're selling them for, anyway. So, call over to the uh, Arizona office eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. They are selling out uh, the twenty twenty one fake news Friday pure blood coins. There's only a little bit of those that I just put aside. The twenty twenty two fake news Friday pure blood coin. I do have a smattering, a very small amount of those. If you have any invoices out to buy these coins, please get that settled. Get in here and get us that money so we can put that money uh, towards the radio station as quickly as possible. Um, I, I don't want to hold on to these coins for too long because if enough time goes by and I got people walking in wanting to buy these coins, I'm just I, I just need to get them sold. So uh, please, if you have an invoice, you called in. Don't wait too long to pick them up because we need to need to settle 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 that money. Get get that in there for the, to the KHC uh, fund and and keep things going here. Uh, Brian, uh, it's, it's interesting interesting information we're hearing on the cold art a lot. And by, by the way, we are switching this. This speech is going to go into the half-empty cup of Joe. Please, I've already said it three times, but go to 1360khnc.com if you want to hear the rest of this. We'll have some commentary. Maybe you can open up the phones, Brian. But once again, uh, he, everything he speaks about uh, is, is very, uh, very thought-provoking and very uh, understandable of what's going on. Well, it's, I, I would add, for, in a certain respect, it's also very biblical, as in, the words actually have specific meaning in the conjunctions of, of some of these words. And again, the, the confusion that's been just <clears throat> constantly, you know, uh, 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 thrown out there, no, no matter what, what you're looking at, law versus uh, legislation, uh, but they get used interchangeably, especially by the uh, divisive media. So it's just uh, very interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, it, you know, I, I find it interesting. Uh, Andrew Jackson, uh, my favorite president, uh, actually got rid of the second Second Bank of the United States. Back when you didn't have birth certificates and all this, you know, slavery in this country, you didn't have these documents. You didn't sign away everything. When you went to vote, you just went and you and you voted. You didn't register. And uh, back in Andrew Jackson's time, the the banker backed candidates hated Andrew Jackson. You now John Quincy Adams, terrible in my my view, terrible president. Uh, he, he, a rigged election really got him the. the it was, he became the sixth president when Andrew Jackson was the uh, that was, you know the overwhelming favorite. He just didn't get fifty percent of the of the vote, you know, of, of the. Uh, uh, and anyway, so so what happened was is uh, he, they hated Andrew Jackson. Oh, this guy, you know, even though he was a lawyer, he was a senator, he was a president. He, I mean, uh, he, he was a general. He, uh, he was talked to in Congress and in in, in in Washington. He was talked to as oh, this guy's he's. Man, he's he's illiterate fool who can barely even read. And on my wall, anybody who comes into my office, uh, uh, Andrew Jackson's farewell speech is, is on, the, on the wall. It's printed in silk. I actually have a, an original copy printed on silk from the New York Times, 1837. 
And uh, just read one paragraph of Andrew Jackson's farewell speech. And, and Brian, if he's illiterate, what, what do we got in America today? Oh, well, Charlotte Isby used to be with the Department of Education, wrote the book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. But I think it extends beyond America. But, uh, you know, the American public education system has done quite, quite, a, quite a job. All right, well, join us Monday. I'm sure we got a lot to cover with what's going on in the world.